we will receive your word with meekness because it's able to save our souls. And that we receive the word, Lord, as it is in truth. Lord, that truth will work effectively in those who believe. So we receive today and we give you thanksgiving for what shall come of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Take your seats today. We've been talking on this subject about this series about thinking big and pray bold. Today we're talking about expect much. Expect much. Everybody say expect much. Everybody say expect much. I just saw Miss Crystal and I heard her clapping over there. She clapped when I said expect much. She should be. Uh, got a testimony a couple days ago from her about, you know, she's building that new house, that brand new house from the ground up. Several of us had opportunity to go over there and paint and help out with that construction process and got an email the other day from somebody going to furnish uh, brand new furniture, let her go on a shopping spree and that's a testimony that when you believe God he's going to go above what you ask him to do that if you're going to think big if you're going to pray boldly you have the right to expect much amen I've been talking about how in every generation thank you guys thank you give these musicians a hand They do a wonderful job, wonderful job. In every generation, in every region in the family, God looks for somebody he can use uh, to flex his muscles. God looks for somebody who will let him flex his muscles. God looks for somebody who will let him show off his power and his strength. We look at the scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 from the Living Bible. It says it this way. It says, for the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole earth looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him so that he can do what? Show his great power in helping them. So God has great power. We read about that in Ephesians, how the Bible says God has the greatness of his power toward those who believe, right? But he wants to be able to show that power, and the ones he can show that power to or through are the ones who will have a heart that's loyal to him. Those who will say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. I'm not going to depend on the, on the world. I'm not looking to the world for anything. God, my faith and my hope, my trust is in you, the living God. I want to be able to boldly say the Lord is my helper. So the Bible says in Hebrews 13, we, that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. So God wants to show us power. So the Bible says he looks to and fro through the earth. That's why we read in Acts 13, 22, the Bible says, God says, I have found David, a man after my own heart. Y'all remember that? God says, I have found, which means that tells us God's eyes look. He's trying to find you. Can God find you? He said, I have found David, a man after my own heart, a man who will do my will. Acts 13, 36 then the Bible says this about David, this testament about his life. It says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. So notice that, that the Bible tells us that God found David, and then David served God in his generation. That's the reason God's looking for you, is because he's trying to find somebody he can use in this generation. Thank God for the old saints and for the old time way. Thank God for what my father did and my grandfather and all those, all of our forefathers. But who's going to speak up for God in this generation? 
Who's going to speak to those young guys in, in college? <laughs> I got to tell you something. I was the other day when I was ministering uh, with he, AG, and he's away in college again tonight. Those young guys are starting that uh, college age and on, young adult Bible study online. 930, if you've not tuned into that, I want you to get logged into that. And uh, when I was ministering to that young man, and we led him to Christ, and tears flooded me. My heart was flooded just with the joy of the Lord, just knowing that we are reaching a generation. I just thought, God, thank God for these young men, these young people who have a heart for the generation. They, they're finding purpose in life beyond sport. These guys are all football players at Division I colleges, and they're like, no, but hey, I want to I I win my city. I want to win my generation. I want to I serve God in my generation. Watch what God does in their lives because they've yielded themselves to the will of God in their lives. Hallelujah. So God's looking for people who will think big. This is the series we've been talking about. Think big, pray boldly, and expect much. Again, let me hurry. First Chronicles 4 verse 10 Again, the Bible says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Living Bible says, Wonderfully bless me. And enlarge my territory. Enlarge my responsibility. Enlarge my influence. Enlarge my affluence. Give me more victory. Give me a greater dimension. Give me a greater realm. Give me a greater region. Enlarge my territory. Thank you, Lord. That your hand will be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. So notice this. Again, God granted him what he requested. Jabez thought big and he prayed a bold, outrageous prayer. The kind of prayer that Jabez prayed to, to most people in religion today would be an outrageous prayer that you shouldn't be praying and asking God for anything like that. Yet the Bible says God granted him what he requested. Hallelujah. Now remember what I taught you over the last couple weeks here, that whatever, however God answers and whatever actions God takes reveals his will. If you want to know, God, what is your will? God, what, what is it that, that, that you can do? What is it that you're willing to do? Search the scriptures and find whatever God did before, it tells you it's in his will. You don't have to struggle so hard to find God's will, to know what God can do. If he did it for others, he'll do it for you. We just sing that song. There is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. So we find that Jabez prayed a prayer asking for an indeed blessing. Remember I taught you that it's, it's the Hebrew word barak. And we see that word repeated twice. Barak, barak, which he's saying, bless me, bless me. In other words, I want you to really bless me. I want you to bless me so big people are in shock and awe about how you bless my life. I, I want you to bless me so big till they start spreading rumors about me. Till they still talking, they start talking about me because I'm so blessed. I, I want you to bless me. Y'all remember, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll try to stay on track. Y'all remember when, when, when David went down to get the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines? Okay, let me remind you. He went to get the Ark of the Covenant, and when, he, when they, they did that, they did it the wrong way. They put the Ark of the Covenant on an ox cart. That, that wasn't the way God told them to bring it. They were supposed to bring it in on the shoulders of the priests. But because they disobeyed God, Uzzah reached his hand out and tried to stabilize the Ark of the Covenant. And because he did that, the, the angel slashed him. He died right on the spot. 
and they, they, they pulled over and said, instead, we better stop right here and figure out how to do this thing right. And they took the Ark of the Covenant to a man named Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom, y'all remember this story, it's coming to you now. Now all of a sudden, here's the Ark in Obed-Edom's house, and the Bible says that Obed-Edom's house got so blessed, everything started producing in his house, till David said, wait, 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 hey, we gotta go get that thing because something's happening in Obed-Edom's house that we need to happen over the whole nation. See, when God blesses you, he doesn't bless you a little bit. When God blesses you, he want to bless your socks off so the whole world knows you've been blessed by the best. Tell your neighbor, you, tell your neighbor, you're about to be blessed by the best. Oh, tell somebody who really cares. Tell them you're about to be blessed by the best. He's about to bless your socks. This is a year of much more. He's about to bless your socks. Clean off your feet. Clean down the street. Bless me, bless me. He said, enlarge my territory. Give me more land. More room. I, I want, I'm ready to stretch out. Anybody ready to stretch out? You, that, that, that apartment starting to squeeze in a little bit. That house you just built starting to kind of feel a little tight already. Just enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil. So we saw that God gave him what he requested. So we know then that increase and expansion and divine protection must be the will of God for his people. We went then from there, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Y'all know this one very well. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. I want you to read it with me. Ready, go. Now this is that we have in him that. Pause right there. So if I ask anything according to his will. So I can't just ask anything according to my will. I ask things according to his will. That's why you can name it and claim it. I know people want to crush that. That's why you can confess it and possess it and blab it and grab it. Because what you're blabbing, what you're confessing, thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I, can I borrow two extra minutes? Do you know why confession is so important? Ask me why. Because confession puts you on the same page as God. You remember the children of Israel, they went into the, into the um, uh, Moses sent 12 spies into the uh, Canaan land to spy the land to see what it was all about. And 10 of them came back. They all, they all came back with identical facts. The land's flowing with milk and honey. It's got all, it's fertile. It's a, it's a strong land. It's got everything. We, you talked about Moses, you're right. God is right. And the problem was, the Bible says 10 of those spies... The Bible says this in Numbers 13. They brought back an evil report. Now what made, Brother Curtis, what made the report evil? They brought back the right facts. It wasn't the facts that made the report evil because they brought the same facts as Joshua and Caleb. But what made it evil was they didn't agree with God. God said, I'm giving you the land. You can take it. They said, we can't take it. That made it evil. In other words, because they didn't confess it, they never possessed it. 
I'm gonna come over here. Because they didn't confess it, they didn't say what God said, they could not possess it. Joshua and Caleb said, well, let us go up because we are well able to possess. We are well able to possess this land. Glory to God. So when I ask things according to God's will, I'm not trying to trick God or, or manipulate God or twist God's arm. I'm simply confessing what he's already said. I'm blabbing. I'm repeating what he's already said. So when people want to knock you for being one of those blab it, grab it saints, yeah, baby, will you just keep on blabbing what the devil says? Can, okay, I, I don't have time. I don't have time. I, 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 I could go way off on that thing there. Because, no, let me take one minute. Because, because I got I to say, because Moses never asked them about the giants. He said, go see if the land is good. So you know what they did? Now, some of y'all may not like this, but just, just swallow it and think about it. Let the Lord deal with you on this. They, they brought back awareness of the evil. That's why for the life of me, I don't understand why churches get involved in breast cancer awareness and kidney disease awareness and, and, and we're going to have awareness months at the church. Why is a church going to preach about the giants? No. Tell me about the goodness of God. God is a healer. I don't care what giant you run into. I don't care what disease you run into. I don't care what trouble you run into. God is the healer. If he said we can live long and live strong with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Don't try to make me aware of the giants. I'm aware of my healer. I'm aware of my deliverer. I'm aware of my redeemer. I'm aware of my savior. I'm aware of my father. I'm aware of the captain of my salvation. I'm aware of that. And you know, you, you know what happened when, when, they, when they had giant awareness month? The people got afraid, cried, and backed down. Fear got a hold of them. They, they got afraid and they backed down. They backed down. Oh, we can't do it. And even when Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. They said, no, we can't because we, we just had giant awareness month. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Keep going. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions. Now, I hear some of y'all, but pastor, people need to know about it. They already know about it. There's enough commercials, enough billboards, enough ads on YouTube for people to already know about every disease out there. 
when I come to church, don't make me aware of disease. Make me aware of healing. Make me aware of deliverance. Make me aware of miracles. That's a problem. Too many churches don't have any miracles. So all they're going to tell you about the medicine. That's the medicine because we don't have any more miracles anymore. Thank God you're at Exceeded Grace Christian Center where Tell your neighbor, today is your day for a miracle. Today is your day. I think you ought to make way for the Spirit of God to touch you and heal you and deliver you and bring you out and set you free, set your mind free, cleanse your blood, cleanse your kidneys, cleanse your livers, cleanse your heart. So once I know God's will, I pray with a different attitude and a different approach. What's happened in religious tradition has caused God's people to pray with the wrong attitude and the wrong approach. And the Bible tells you and me to pray boldly. Hebrews 4.16, y'all know this scripture. Let us therefore come boldly. Come on, saints. How to come now? Not shyly, not timidly, not bashfully. Well, I come humbly before the glory of grace. Humble, 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 humble. I come humbly before you, Lord. Well, wonderful. It's right to be humble. It's right to be in awe of the greatness and the glory of God. But, Father, God says, but when you come to me, come boldly knowing you belong here. You belong with me. I, 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 I created you for fellowship. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs, we read this every month, that the prayer of the righteous is a delight. The Lord delights in the prayer of the righteous. So when you come to him, he says, I get happy. I get excited when you pray. Well, Pastor, I don't know how to pray like that. Just talk to him. Just talk to God. Oh, say, Lord, I, I, here I come. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just want to talk to you and see, Lord, how you doing this morning? Lord, how are you doing this morning? What's going on in the kingdom, Lord? Father, I just, I just want you to know I love you. I just, I just appreciate you. I don't, I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what to say. I just want you to know I love you today. And I, Lord, I was thinking about you. I was just letting you know I was thinking about you. Just, you're my mind. And, and so I pray boldly. I come before him boldly. Now, Watch this. Not only should we pray boldly, y'all coming back next week? Okay, so if I don't finish today, we, you can't come back, you, we online, you can watch us, okay. But we must also pray in faith without doubting. Without doubting. James chapter one, verse five through seven, says if any of you lacks wisdom, now you can take the word wisdom out and put anything there because any. However you come to God, whatever you come to God for must be with the same approach. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, come on, who gives to all. How does he give? Liberally means freely. Uh, uh, the, 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 the tap is open. He, he, he lets you just take however much you need. I'll give as much as you can handle. Liberally and without reproach or without fault finding, mean, which means when you come to God, he doesn't examine you first to see if you're worthy, if you deserve to talk to me. 
He doesn't check your record to see, well, let me see how, how much sin you had in your life last night. Now, we should come to God with clean hearts. Pure hearts, clean hands before God. But even if I have failed or erred, I can come through the blood of Jesus. Y'all over there, they're not saying anything. Because they're all perfect. But can I deal with the imperfect people over here on this side? You know when you come to Jesus Christ, come to God, you can come through the blood of Jesus. That will not only cleanse you from sin, but cleanse your conscience. The reason why most folk are hesitant in, in praying is because their conscience is not clean. Even though God's forgiving you, your conscience isn't clean. But the Holy Ghost, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse your conscience. No. He says, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no, with no what? For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive so notice that the hindrance to receiving is doubt. Is doubt. We're talking about praying boldly and expecting much here. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath, and implied without doubting. Notice what he says, I will therefore, I wish, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, getting that anger and that strife, that bitterness, that stuff, that, that uncontrolled anger is what wrath is, and without doubting, without doubting. That word doubting comes from the Greek word dialogismos, dialogismos rather, which means the thinking of a man deliberating within himself, with himself. The thinking of a man deliberating with himself. So when you come to God, the hesitancy, the neutralizer of your faith, is the argument inside. Thank you, Jesus. You're deliberating within yourself. Deliberating what? Well, am I worthy? This whole I'm not worthy doctrine through the church. Lord, we're not worthy. Lord, we're not worthy. Shut up. Stop saying that. That's what that prodigal son said to his father. All his sin, all his mess up came to his father. He wanted to say, he, he wanted to say I'm not worthy to be called your son. The dad, sh shut up. The dad wouldn't even let him get that part out. Because God doesn't want you coming to him with this unworthy mindset. Deliberating with, him, with himself. Deliberating about what? Well, will God do it? I don't know if God will do it. I don't know if God can do it. I don't know. I don't know. Can God handle that? Am I asking too big? Am I asking God too much? This, this argument. That's why you got to cast down arguments. 
Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes, Cast down these arguments. It's, it's a means a person who's deliberating, a thought, inward reasoning. Watch this. Questioning about what is true. So if you're not sure what's true, then you'll doubt when you pray. Doubt happens when I question. Remember we spent, we got caught up on this Wednesday night about questioning God's love for us. People are not settled in the love of God. Knowing that God loves you more than you and I can comprehend in this natural mind. That's why Paul said in Ephesians, I want, want you to, Ephesians 3, to, to, to know the love of God that goes beyond knowledge. God wants you and me to know his love. Help me, I'll tell you, neighbor, God loves you. Matter of fact, it mentions, can I just read that just for a second? Ephesians uh, uh, 3, just, let me just read just a portion of that here. Because I want, I want you to put your eyes on this here. Ephesians 3, and... Um, Glory to God. I'll start at verse 17. I won't read the whole thing. I'll start at verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in what? Love. In love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So notice he says, I, I pray that you can know something that is not known to normal people. Right. Yeah. To know this love that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness. Remember I told you last, uh, Wednesday night, Jesus Christ was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But now he says, by the Spirit of God, you and I can be filled with the fullness. Are you catching that? Are you catching the fact that God is inside you? How many of y'all understand that? I heard Brother Copeland, I read Brother Copeland's devotion and said this. He said, people spend time in prayer and they struggle because they, they don't feel like their prayers are going past the ceiling. And you pray hard, or you pray loud, or you pray weepingly because you don't feel like your prayers are making it to heaven. Here's the truth. Your prayers don't have to go past your nose. Because you're filled come on now with the fullness of God. He's inside you. Y'all not catching it. He's inside you. So your prayers don't have to make it to the sky past the ceiling. Your prayers don't have to go anywhere. When you're praying to Father God, he's inside you. <laughs> Praise God. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Now, as a result, verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So he's able to do exceedingly. Help me out. Abundantly. Come on. Above all. So now I know I'm praying to Father God, my Father, who loves me. Everybody say he loves me. He lacks nothing. Say he lacks nothing. And he has no limits. Say he has no limits. 
Say it here. He loves me. He, loves me. he, lacks, nothing, he lacks nothing. And he has no limits. Now, nah, I need you to let that just marinate for a minute. You're talking to, a, to God who loves me. He loves you. He lacks nothing and has no limits. I want you to think about that for a minute. He loves me. He lacks nothing. Okay, let, let me put, I got I to gotta put it in this moment because some of y'all still struggling. All right, this past week is Valentine's Day, Wednesday. Right, Valentine's, y'all call it. Most of us were in church. But at some point you did something to yes, celebrate or you exchanged gifts, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all too quiet for me. <coughs> oh, Lord. Not, not that you had to. Um, but how, what do you expect when the person you love says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you something. I want to bring you something. I want to give you something. And you know they love you. They lack nothing. And they have no limits. Now watch, watch, watch. If you get the, the envelope... Here comes the envelope. And you put your little finger in there. Shh, you rush it. And, you, and you, you pull the card out. And you like, and then, then you got a fake like you were entering the card. And, um, oh, yeah. You are the sweetheart of my life, and you're the one. That, oh, yeah. Okay. okay, and you, then you do this, and then, then you, and then you can fake like you're reading that part, part like that, too. And then they wrote something. Oh, okay, now I got to read that part. Oh. And, but then you do this. Ain't nothing in the car, baby. I thought you loved me. Now yet, that's how most Christians are with their Bible. Go to church, read the Bible, about, and God loves us, he lacks nothing, and he has no limits, but yet it doesn't bother us. And God is saying, I don't give you no car like that. That's not how I flow. If I give you a car, it's something in every page. It's something every, every one. It's another one there, and it's another one there, and it's another one there. And now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He, he loves us. He loves us. Y'all getting this here? So I'm supposed to be thinking big. Because he loves me. He lacks nothing. He has no limits. I should now be able to pray boldly. Because he loves me. He lacks nothing. 
and he has no limits. And I should also now be expecting much because I know he loves me. He lacks nothing and he has no limits. First Chronicles 4.10, so God granted him or Jabez what he requested. He granted him what he requested. He asked for some big stuff now. Just a far out prayer. And God granted him what he requested. Remember we read Ephesians 3.20 just now. I want to read Ephesians 3.20 in the Living Bible. Ephesians 3.20 in the Living Bible. Y'all have it? Okay, let's read it together. Ready, read. Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts. He is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of. What kind of God are we talking about here? More than we ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers. You think you don't pray the big prayer in God? He said infinitely beyond our highest prayers implied highest desires. Implied highest thoughts. Implied highest hopes. I mean, what's your highest prayer? What's your highest desire? Some of us don't have any desires worth even talking about. Some of us have just been beat, so beaten up by this system, by life, we don't even desire anything anymore. And God is stretching us to think and hope and pray and desire and ask and dream of things way beyond our own comfort level because it doesn't move God in the least bit. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me try to round this thing my, my few minutes I have left here. God doesn't do anything small. God doesn't do anything small. If God tells you he's going to bless you, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't, don't show up in a hatchback. If God tells you, come over to the house, I'm going to bless you. Don't, don't show up in your little sedan. You, you go to go to U-Haul or somewhere, rent you a 26-footer or Find you somebody with an 18 wheel and say, hey, God called me over. God said, he's going to bless me. Let, let, let me hold your truck for a minute. Let me. You don't, you don't, don't go, don't go to an unlimited God who loves you, lacks nothing and has no limits. With a, with a, with a little cup. Well, he, my cup runs over. My cup. And you got there with your little coffee cup. My cup. My cup runs over. Ladies and gentlemen, when David, who's a shepherd boy, writes about his cup running over, 
He's not talking about your little coffee cup where you sip your little mochiacciato. What's all that junk y'all drink, the mochiacciato stuff? He's not talking about that. The shepherd cups was a huge vat that you could fit people in. So when he's saying my cup runs over, he's not talking about I got eight ounces, he gave me nine ounces. He's talking about my cup where I can fit in and sheep can fit in. It's so large, but yet that cup runs over. And the issue is the church has had such a small mentality, a small cup mentality, God hadn't been able to flex. Oh, thank you, Holy. Y'all remember, how many of y'all to remember the Incredible Hulk? I don't mean the cartoon, I mean the actual. When Lou Ferrigno, I remember Lou Ferrigno played the Incredible Hulk on TV and uh, he just this regular guy, and he say, "Listen, don't, don't don't make me angry. You wouldn't you wouldn't like me when I'm angry." He he had on regular street clothes, and all of a sudden it made him mad. And David Bannister became, uh, you know, Lou Ferrigno. Ferrigno. He turns into Incredible Hulk, and he starts turning green. His eyes, he start his eyes turn red, and he start bulging. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, his clothes all ripped open because David Bannister's clothes couldn't fit Lou Ferrigno. Y'all miss uh, that, that common man's clothes couldn't fit the Incredible Hulk. It, we're, we're trying to make God wear our regular clothes and make God fit into our regular routine. And God said, if you let me flex, I'm going to bust out of that little house and I'm going to bust out of that little car and I'm going to bust you out of this little church and I'm going to bust you out of that little small circle. I'm going to bust you out of that little small responsibility. I'm about to flex on you if you'll let me flex. Tell you it's time for God to flex in your life. Let God flex in your life. Let God show you how strong he is. Let God show you how thick he is. Let God show you how muscular he is. Let God show you how big he is. God's not a small God. Everything about God is about abundance and too much. John 10.10, Jesus says this, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it, this is Amplified Classic, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows somebody say hallelujah Jesus said this is what I came to give you I didn't, came to, I didn't come to help you just get by, I didn't come to help you squeak by, I didn't come to help you just, just make it to heaven I didn't come to just help you make it to heaven you know Jesus, you, I'm coming back soon just Hold on to my unchanging hand. I'm, I'm, no, God, first of all, how you going to hold a God's unchanging hand? Here's some of the stupid stuff we sing. How you going to hold a God's unchanging hand? Yo, yo, you know how small, you, you ever shaking Deacon Tyrone's hands? Deacon Tyrone's hands, he's got these big old meat grips on it. You just, you God couldn't hold that man's hand if I tried. So how I'm going to hold God's hand? 
No, we sing like, like the old quartet song. Oh, Lord, I need you to hold my hand. I can't hold him. He got to hold me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. All right, that's it. That's good. Y'all, y'all get caught up too quick. Here we say, hold my hand, Lord. Yeah, hold my hand. I can't hold the Lord's hand. I'm going to hold on his hand. Everybody say, he's too much. He's too much. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, Amplified Classic. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you. Wait, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said every favor and earthly blessing. That means he'll give me every favor and earthly blessing that's, that's possible. Wow. He's able to make every favor, all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance. So any favor that exists, any earthly blessing that exists, he's able to make it come to me. Well, you just ought to be satisfied with what you have. No, he said, I'll make every favor and every, every blessing come to you. Every favor and every blessing. He said, how? In abundance. He said, how? In abundance. So you would always, always have, and under all circumstances, have whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So God always does everything too much. Everybody say expect much. Luke 5, Luke 5 verse 4. Jesus is ministering on the Sea of Galilee and he's preaching using Peter's boat. Y'all remember that? And he finishes preaching. He's preaching on faith, preaching on the kingdom of God. And he finishes preaching. He says, Peter, launch out into the, into the deep. Let down your nets for a draw, for a catch. This is, this is, this is Jesus saying, I want to thank you for contributing to my ministry. Thank you for letting me use your boat, use your platform for my ministry. And to reward you, I want you to, I know you've been struggling all night long and you ain't caught anything and this is your business here. You're not just out here fishing for, for fun. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. So launch out your net, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. King James used the word draw. But when you look at the word draw, this means catch. It means catch. It means catch. It's just a catch. Now, Peter is a fisherman by trade. It's his boat. These are his nets. And Jesus says, let out, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for, for a catch, a major catch, for a draw. Now, Peter, being a fisherman by experience, he has in his mind what a catch looks like. First of all, he said, look, we, we all, we've toiled all night long, and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, I heard you preaching. I like, like what you say. I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to indulge you. I know you don't know anything about fishing. You're a carpenter, but I'm a, I, I believe in you, so I'm going to go out there, and I'm a, I, I will let down the net. Jesus said nets. He said, I'll let down the net. Because Peter, in his mind, says to Annie, he's a fisherman. He knows when you say a big catch, he knows what, what a big catch looks like in his mind. I've been doing this for years. I've been doing this since I was a child. And we go and we, what we call a big catch, you know, we, we 
catch all the fish we hauled in, and we, we got, have a good day, we go home. But how many know that God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts? As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways above our ways, and his thoughts above our thoughts. Peter, we pick on Peter because he let down one net, but Peter was thinking like man. He, uh, he had an idea, but he had no idea what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus said catch, Peter has one idea. Jesus has another idea. Peter could not have expected what was coming into his life. He had no frame of reference. He had no historical data. He had no historical perspective on catching anything like he was about to catch. He, his only thing was we catch a net and we, we go pick them out. He had no idea that when Jesus got involved, he was going to get a catch so big, he'd have to, the boat would begin to sink, the net would begin to break, and he had to call his friends to come help him. If God says I'm going to bless you, don't show up in a hatchback. I want you to get an idea of if I'm going to bless you, what to expect in your life. This year, when you let down your nets, I said this year, when you let down your nets, I want you to expect much more than you've ever seen in your life. And listen, how I know you're expecting, you got to start partnering up with some people. Y'all don't. When Peter got this, this catch, he had to call his partners in because it was too much for him to handle on his own. Some of y'all going to, going to get over your little, your little you know, I, I want it my way. It's always going to be my way and my plan, my way or the highway. If for you to get what God has for you in the body of Christ this year, you want to open your heart, open your mind to let somebody else come alongside and join in, link it with somebody who can help you bring in what God has for you. If you can bring it in by yourself, maybe it's not God at all. Because when God gets involved, it's going to be too much. I said, if God gets involved, it's going to be too much. You're going to partner with some other entrepreneurs, some other business owners, some other ministries, some other pastors. You're going to partner with somebody. Because God is going about to bring you too much. He told us this year is the year of much more. Let me, let me close here. Let me close here. I'm out of time. God does nothing small. He'll never stop at just enough. One of the names we call God is El Shaddai. It means the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God who is more than enough. God's going to always outdo your expectation. He's going to outdo what you ask. That's why he has to find somebody who will, first of all, think big. 
Secondly, pray boldly and thoroughly expect much. There's a scripture in 2 Chronicles 20. I want to go there real quick. 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22 to 25. Media's got it for me. Thank you, media. I'm slicing this for time. Now, there's a story of King Jehoshaphat, the children of Judah, facing an army, a massive army that they could not defeat on their own. Jehoshaphat prayed and said, God, you remember you said, if the enemy come against us, you were going to defend us. And he said, God, we have no might against this great company. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is bigger than us, but we're looking to you for our help. And the prophet began to speak and gave him a word. You don't need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours. Come on now. It is the Lord. You're going to go down there by the cliff of Ziz and you're going to stand there and the Bible says they begin to do something. Watch this in verse 22. Now when they began to sing into praise, you understand why praising is so important? Because something happens when you begin to praise God. Things begin to shift when you begin to praise God. When you begin to praise God, angels get involved because they're commanded to praise God. And when you can't defeat an enemy, what you need to do is get your praise on. When there's something that's bigger than you in your life, get your praise on. You don't have time to cry. Tell your neighbor, you don't have time to cry. Get your praise on. Because your praise will silence the avenger. Your praise will steal the enemy. And they begin to sing and to praise. They begin to sing and to praise. They didn't sing no blues. They didn't sing the blues. They begin to sing and to praise. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And when they did that, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now, all, all Jehoshaphat prayed for was victory. God, this, this army is too much for us. We can't beat them. Just deliver us. Don't let them destroy us. And that's all Jehoshaphat prayed for. That's all he needed was victory. But I want you to understand God, he won't just build a house for you. He'll fill the house. God, God told the children of Israel, he said, when I take you to the promised land, I'm going to give you cities you didn't build. I know in church we always say, give me houses I didn't build. That's not what the Bible said. God said, I'm going to give you cities that you did not build. And he said, those cities are going to be full of houses full of all good things which you did not provide. So God won't just give you victory, but he'll give you the whole city. And he won't just give you the city, but he'll give you a house. And he won't just give you the house, but he'll fill it with all kind of good things that you didn't provide. And vineyards that you did not plant. And wells that you did not dig. God's going to always go above and beyond what you ask him for. Who's believing God to do something big in your life? Well, you better get ready because he's going to do above what you ask him for. How do I know? Watch this. All we want to do is survive right here. 
But it says in verse 23, 23, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So the, while they're praising God, while y'all are here talking about Jesus in the name of Jesus, God has angels out there on assignment causing confusion in the enemy's camp. Causing conspiracies that have been brought against you to be turned around and what the devil meant for evil in your life while you're praising God on a Sunday morning God is turning around for your good and the plan the enemy had in your life Esther the opposite is going to occur because you got on your face you fasted you prayed you believe God and you praise God don't let them kill us Lord we're your people preserve our lives God says, gotcha. But I'm going to raise your victory to another level. Verse 24. This is 2024. So when Judah came to a place, when the praisers came to a place, this is for the praisers here. This ain't everybody. This is Judah. Some of y'all don't even know how to praise God. This is for Judah. This is the praisers. So when the praisers came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Praise God. Our enemies didn't defeat us. We're alive. Our enemies are dead. And God said, that ain't enough. I got something for you. Verse, verse 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. Ew, ew, my foot. Ew, my foot. You ain't gonna need them shoes no more. You ain't gonna need that, that Prada belt no more. Let's see. You, you ain't gonna need them sunglasses no more. You, you were cool when you were alive, but them glasses don't look good when you're dead. You, you ain't gonna need that no more. Let me, let me get that. God whooped the enemy for them. But God will not just stop at whipping your enemy. Everything the enemy been holding. He said, I want you to have it. I love you. I lack nothing. And there's no limit. And he says, on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves. Watch this, watch this. More... I wish somebody gets hot. More than they could carry. And they were three days. I don't know if y'all get this. I don't know if y'all get this. He's talking about going to bless you so much. I'm going to give you so much. You can't even gather it all in one day. 
said he gave them so much they couldn't gather it all in one day. It took them three days to gather the spoil because there was so much. All they asked for was just victory. Just, just don't let the enemy defeat us. But God said, no, 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 no. Now I'm going to go past that. I'm going to bless you so much. You can't get it all in one day. It's going to take you three days to gather in everything I have in your life. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to expect much. Expect much. I know how much you're expecting by how much you prepare. I know how much you're expecting by how much you prepare. God says, go borrow vessels. He said, don't borrow a few. Go abroad. Borrow many vessels. And God told through Elisha, the prophet King Jehoshaphat, he told him, Y'all go and dig ditches in the valley? He said, make the valley full of ditches. He said, you're not going to see any wind. You're not going to see any rain. But this whole valley is going to be full of water. If they had dug one little ditch for sure, that's all the water they would have gotten. But because they obeyed and they made the whole valley full of ditches, the whole valley became full of water. So when God gives you a word, don't bring your little teacup to the party. How long has God been telling us to open up multiple bank accounts? And all you're using is cash app still. All you got is, I got cash app. That ain't what God said. No, he, he, God doesn't waste. He only pours. So if you don't prepare, he won't waste things on you. God wants you to expect much and receive much. Stand on your feet. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done, I'm just stopping. 